hoods up, motherfuckers. Welcome back to Black Hoodie Alchemy. As always, I'm your host, Anthony Tyler. And uh, last week, um, we had Eric Millar on the show. Martin, you haven't heard that yet uh, because it hasn't come out yet as we're talking. But you're yeah. going to really dig that conversation. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I liked it. Last time he was on. Um, you guys actually uh, served as a part one and two for a deep dive into OG comic culture and mysticism. Yeah. Um, so one of these days, it is hell trying to link three uh, grown men up who are living their own individual <laughs> lives like in a three-way conversation. Um, I've tried doing it with other people, and it's just tough. But if I can ever get it done, I would love to, uh, to have a chat with both of you at the same time. So Yeah, that'd be great. Shout out to Eric. Um, but he, uh, as I mentioned in that episode, he is a he's like sort of a recurring cast member of the show. And Martin is the definition of that as well. Uh, <laughs> so much of, you know, we're still in like phase one of this show, very much so. And so much of what I've done so far is I've branched out a little bit, but I've really just wanted to get my favorite people in on the mix some of the people that have that i relate to that i've been in the years that i've been kind of in this game and i think the rapport that i've been able to kind of dig through in in these episodes so far is you know personally i'm i'm proud of it um and martin is a guy that uh i don't really need to you know there's no pleasantries involved we just we know each other pretty well at this point and um we've worked together in a variety of ways and he's a guy that i can really just dive real deep like there's no there's no compression involved there's no decompression we just go right to the bottom and uh um and 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 start digging around so how you been martin it's been a minute. Uh, I've, I've been good man i've been good <laughs> yeah it has been a minute it has been a minute uh i've been busy i, I apologize i've had to put things off a couple times so yeah, no sweat. But we're here. Yes, we are. And yeah. uh, we're going to have a very heavy alchemical chat. Martin uh, always talks alchemy with me, but we've had him on to, like I said, discuss the comic books in mysticism. And then we talked about Jung and uh, his red and black books, which is very alchemical heavy. But I don't want any specific topic other than alchemy today. So we're just going to we're uh, and Martin is kind of. He wouldn't. He would not ever uh, call himself this, but he is a little bit of a walking encyclopedia. With <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I mean, you know, you. Uh, I am. All, I'm always impressed with how well you are able to uh, draw things up. You know, you and 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 you read voraciously. I don't know how you have the time to do it, but you go through work like, like <laughs> you. You must be a speed reader, aren't you? No, I'm not a speed reader, dude. But here's the thing, right? If you, if you like, happen to find something that you really enjoy doing, um, it, it's not like work to do it, right? Right. Right. Um, so I feel like I'm in a place in my life, and we were talking a little bit about this beforehand, but I feel like I'm in a place in my life where, like, the the job that I do for a living doesn't really feel like work, right? Like, yes, it's, it is a lot of work. It does take up a lot of my time. Um, but, but I don't feel like, you know, I wake up in the morning, I'm like, Oh my God, I have to go to work and, you know, spend eight, eight hours there or 10 hours there or whatever. 
Um, or, you know, get a call in the middle of the night where something's broken and I have to go and try to fix it. Like, I'm, I'm not in a place where that bothers me. And, and I feel like that that's kind of balanced both in, in my work life and my personal life. Oh, I got to find the mute button. (laughs) (laughs) Man. Yeah. It is that season. Um, um, Everyone's getting sick, but um, you know, before we dive deeper into some alchemical stuff, um, Martin, this guy, this might be some inside talk. Um, so please excuse uh, any new listeners uh, trying to get in on some really heavy alchemy. It'll come in just a moment. But Martin, last time you were on the show, I can't forget about this. Um, you um, y- you were trying to have an alchemical conversation, but it kept getting derailed. Uh, <laughs> so um uh, but i think you'll such as life friend yeah yeah um i can't remember what episode number that is but it's uh we we um i was not here unfortunately um i had i had jefferson t fill in for me and um uh i martin i think you'll be pleased to know now that uh that jefferson has uh recently uh, started doing the uh, tippy pats and uh, rainbow body weight loss diet, which involves smoking a lot of cocaine paste. And uh, other than he's lost a lot of weight, and other than the cocaine paste, he's sober now. So he's well, that's good, man. I'm uh, I, I get a little worried about those guys because I, I do hear them pop in and out of your uh, podcast uh, every episode. And I'm uh, I'm curious what uh, what's going on in Everglades. You know, people changing name, ghosts disappearing. Then they become embodied and, and then disembodied. And I don't know. Seems kind of crazy down there. Yeah, there it's, you know, there's some sort of like they might be next to like a supernatural portal or something. In Marvel Comics, the nexus of realities is in the Everglades. So I don't know. Ah. Maybe, maybe there's something to it. I know Man Thing guards the nexus of realities <laughs> in the Everglades. So um, I don't know. But there's a lot going on there. Um, Tippy Patson's trying to. Uh, get in the ear of Aaron Rodgers to be his spiritual mentor. Uh, we we recently lost Apex Monsoon. He's in the wind. Our cosmic ghost pirate. We accidentally uh, they, they they accidentally changed the channel on him in the TV and all this stuff. So um, we're 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 losing people. Silverback Commando's gone. So we're entering a new phase of the League of Extraordinary Gents. Um, but uh, yeah, so we're gonna have to get you back in on the mix with uh with some of those guys eventually. I know how much you enjoy talking with them. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, they, they might have found the edge of the Hollow Earth down in the Everglades. So yeah, yeah that could be interesting. Yeah, well, there's um there's a whole lot of there's a there's a whole lot of drugs in on the mix. So it's uh it's anybody's <laughs> guess what kind of uh ideas they're gonna be looking for next. But uh all right, so some more alchemy. Um. Martin, we were talking before recording about the seven stages of the alchemical process um, and how in an application sense, a psychological application, it it can be used as a sort of roadmap similar to something like the stages of grief or something. And uh, um, uh, we were talking about, you know, I've been pretty open on the show. Um, it's not anything that I'm losing sleep over anybody else should. Um, but, you know, I'm really trying to figure out my place in the physical world a little more. Um, a lot of my, you know, shitty economy, a lot of my A plans kind of fell through, like be great to be growing weed right now in Alaska. <laughs> but 
Um, I didn't want to live in Alaska, so I left that job. Um, and you know, uh, even the trades are just, uh, not as abundant as they used to be. Nothing is, uh, abundant from the, the ground up in a, in a bad economy. So, um, I was talking with Martin about that and, uh, he mentioned how I should probably, uh, look back into the stages of alchemy and, um, look into going further. And as I'm Googling here, um, apparently there are also seven stages of grief as well. I didn't realize that was, it was the same number. So yeah, seven stages of grief. Uh, you have the seven chakras, you have all kinds of stuff that relate to each other. Um, Yes. Seven. You want to go into the number seven a little bit. I'm sure you have some to say on that. That's very numerological. Um, it's, it's kind of, uh, indicative of like heaven itself, if you will. Right. Yeah, well, you have the seventh heaven, right? That's where God resides. Right. Um, so it's all it's all very connected. Um, um, I think it's just like a general human condition thing, right? Like people are like pattern recognition machines. Um, and I know some people listening are probably like, I can't believe he's comparing people to machines. Um, but I mean, like that's that's kind of what we are in a sense, right? The the, the biological side of us is just a, it's just a, a, a flesh machine. Um, and so you, you get an input and an output comes out. And and part of, you know, discovering your your true self in a way, if you want to use those words, uh, through something like an alchemical process is, is figuring out like the part of you that isn't this machine, right? Um, the part of you that is kind of an aspect of the whole. And uh, I, I thought it was interesting that you brought up seven stages of grief because I hadn't even thought about it. But, um, you know, the the folks that came up with that or like, um, you know, the, the steps in uh, like Narcotics Anonymous or Alcoholics Anonymous, um, a lot of that stuff is like a, like a weird L and uh, what do they call them? LMM is that what it's called? Um, like a Ponzi scheme based on like esoteric concepts. Oh um, yeah, right. I feel yeah, that. yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, and so I'm, I'm not surprised that that's in there. But like you know, just because you have this like Ponzi aspect to it, doesn't mean that that's there's not some truth to it, right? And um, particularly with something like uh, AA. Um, you know, originally that kind of stuff was, uh, based on like Christian ideology. Um, and obviously as it moves more into the mainstream, some of that stuff gets taken out and, and you see that a lot in, in a lot of these esoteric schools. Um, that's probably why you see so much of these numbers that constantly pop up like three and seven, uh, you know, 12, 180 like these kind of things um because they they just kind of all stem from from the same concept um but yeah we were talking about go ahead the i was gonna go ahead and read the the seven stages of the alchemical process here um we got uh calcination dissolution separation conjunction fermentation distillation and coagulation Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder where I, I would venture to say I'm somewhere around separation and conjunction, maybe, uh, maybe fermentation. I'm definitely not to the distillation part yet. 
yeah, I, I would say you're uh, you're you're on a good path then, because you know part of of resolving whatever conflicts you have is uh, being true to yourself, right? And and to being in touch with uh, where you are in these stages, right? So I would say, uh, yeah, you're probably around somewhere in the separation stage. No, thanks for putting me back, like uh, to. Um, possible stages from where I appreciate that. <laughs> no, I'm just showing you. This it's, is all uh, spitballing listen, here. Food for thought. Um, this is uh, this is like if you're when you're in high school, right? If you if you ask a man how many women he slept with, <laughs> he'll give you he'll give you double the number, right? <laughs> um, and if and if you ask a woman, she'll give you half the number, right? So mm-hmm. so it's the same thing here, right? You know, if you're you're aware of what the stages are. Right? How how are you gonna know if you can move on to the process of the next stage if you don't know what stage you're in? Right? Um, so that's true. why I yeah you, you see like all these gurus on YouTube or whatever uh, talking about how they're super enlightened and uh, you should send them money. Uh, they're they're probably in like stage two, dude. You know what I mean? Like they they caught a glimpse of the abyss and uh, and all of a sudden they think they know everything. Um, that's that's kind of not the way it goes yeah uh, i mean i yeah i think if we are um you asked me <laughs> before we started recording if this was going to be a therapy session uh, this, is, <laughs> this is not going to be uh specifically centered around my own alchemical questions but i think it is um you know um worth it's a worthwhile example and it's a it's a question that a lot of people have just um trying to fit in to the world uh with the world around them i think i've been caught up in the dualism of the alchemical process a lot lately um and which uh is um uh quintessential to the alchemical mindset but you brought up the you know these seven stages here it was almost like you know obviously i've been well aware of these things for a long time but i kind of briefly just forgotten about it it was like oh of course why haven't i been contemplating this a little more so i think that well, and, uh, you know the, the journey never stops right so once yeah. you get through the seven stages it doesn't mean that you're you know you're at the end right uh you you might you might end up going back a stage or two stages or maybe all the way back to the first stage um that that's fine right it's just a matter of, of recognizing and and being aware of that um you know we oftentimes don't have a lot of self-awareness right so like what if, what if i want to lose weight right and uh and so i start going and working out and i'm like yeah i'm working out i'm gonna you know lose 20 pounds or whatever um i feel great this and the other and uh and three months go by and i haven't lost a single pound i'm like what the hell's going on uh well you know i'm not aware that i'm eating a, a pizza every day so obviously i'm not gonna achieve my goal uh if i'm not aware of of all the steps in the process so, you know, once you, you see that, you're like, okay, well, maybe I shouldn't eat a whole pizza. Let me eat a half a pizza. <laughs> um, and then you start, you know, you start losing a pound here or there. And you're like, okay, cool. Like, this is working. So now let me eat a quarter of a pizza instead, right? So right. you still get your pizza, but now you're aware of what it is that, that you're ingesting. Now you're aware of what works, what doesn't work, and you can keep moving, right? Um, that's, that's all it is. Like, pe- I, th- I think people, like, try to... You know what it is. It's just this like weird necro capitalist society that we live in, um, where like everything is about just um, ultimate self fulfillment, 
and uh, and making money in, in the process. Um, you know, I'm I'm quite a bit older than you. Uh, I'm how old am I? I'm 42. 42. That's why I started reading Kabbalah this past year because I'm finally old enough. And oh, uh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, for yeah, any yeah. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know, just for contextual reference, I will be 28 in February. It's yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah there's so, a little bit of a difference. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was in high school when you were born. I mean, that doesn't mean anything, right? Because I know some 50 year old men and women. Uh, who are a lot less mature than you are, right? So it's the the age thing is irrelevant, right? Um, it's just kind of a, a maturation thing. Yeah, sure. But Martin, um, does, it, it, he's got a a lot more under his belt um, than I do, and that's not a sexual metaphor. That's a, <laughs> that's a that's a knowledge metaphor, and um, and no, I do, I really, I really do appreciate you, Martin. Um, you uh, you edited my book Hunt Manual, so um, yeah. you know, without um, stroking your your ego too much you're you're put together and i've seen you you know from a distance go through hard times and and really come out on top and yeah i i respect you man you're you're in, you're a little inspirational thanks buddy i mean yeah. that, that's that's part of the process right yeah um you you can't uh I, I tell my kids all the time you can't not put yourself in a situation because it's going to be hurtful um or, you know, it's going to cause you grief or pain or anything like that. Um, you just, you just have to deal with it, right? Mm -hmm. Life is suffering, right? Yeah. So, so why, why just deny that? Um, if you deny that, you're never going to grow. You're just going to be a, a child for the rest of your life. And, um, and, you know, props to you because I think that, you know, even, even if you feel like you're going through a hard time, um, I think once you figure all that stuff out, uh, and you come out on top, then you're going to be a better person for it, right? And and hopefully you realize that when that happens, uh, there's going to be something else that pops up that's going to kind of put you in a state where you don't know where you should go. And uh, and I hope you realize by that point that, that that's okay, right? Um, you just got to face it head on and, and keep going. Um, yeah. Otherwise, you know, you're never going to, you're never going to create the philosopher's stone, buddy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Amen. Um, so yeah, it, it's funny. I was talking not, not in, uh, very serious terms, but I was talking to my wife because she, <laughs> she sent me this study. Um, you know, you talk about how well put together in, in stuff I am. She sent me the study that says that, uh, men don't reach, uh, emotional maturity till 43. And she's <laughs> like, you're almost there. And, uh, and, and I'm like, yeah, whatever, man. Like I I'm still a teenager in my eyes. You know what I mean? Um, oh, yeah. I'm 42, but I, I, I have a gray beard, uh, but I grew my beard cause I was getting carded when I would buy cigarettes. Right. Uh, <laughs> so like, you know, what kind of 40 year old man gets carded for cigarettes? Um, I don't, I don't smoke anymore though, by the way, I, I did quit smoking. Oh, really? Uh, Good. Yeah. yeah, great yeah. To hear. It's one of those things. Uh, you know, I quit drinking years ago. Um, I think it's been about four years now, three, four years. And, uh, and I was like, you know, I, maybe I should just not smoke like there's there's nothing to it and uh so yeah it's been uh, i don't know six months or something and nice. uh, I, I, tr I tried a cigarette like halfway through and it was just awful and i was like okay i guess you know like it's one of those things where you you kind of get used to it and you feel like you need it but then uh once you realize you don't need it and you try it you're like yeah I should have skipped this the whole time. I've been, you know, wasting my life for 25 years. 
Yeah, I know. I know the exact feeling um, after going uh, smoking a cigarette after not for a long time. Like, God damn, this is this is harsh. I'd like to hear however much you would be be willing to open up. Um, why in specific you have gone down this path? Like, what has alchemy done for you in your practical life? And you know, what were some of the? Because let's be real. If you're into alchemy as a philosophy at all, I, I'd be really surprised to find anybody that wasn't inspired by breaking points in their life, you know, trying to specifically overcome things. And even when I'm not feeling, um, you know, I don't feel quite there, but even when I'm not, I don't feel like I'm in some sort of small rut or whatever. Um, I'm always interested in these these alchemical boiling points in people's lives and the steps they took to navigate through those because there really is there's no there's no instruction manual for shit like that and um it's something like alchemy esoteric philosophies even though they were meant to be very personal um in today's world we've kind of been estranged from them and i think a lot of people especially when they take into account you know the the literal aspects of the metaphors they lose how these things are relevant in our personal lives. Mm. I mean, you do have, you do have some manuals. I mean, you talk about Jung a lot. Um, I, th- I think Jung has some pretty good manuals on, on how to use alchemy for your personal life. Um, yeah, that's true. That's I, true. Especially I, in a psychological sense. Like, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, you know, you want to fix your inside first. And when you fix your inside, the outside just comes with it. Right. Um, there's, but is there's there a, is there a specific how what is the process of the in between? Because I guess I think I feel somewhere in there right now. We were talking before the recording. Um, I feel very comfortable with with who I am, and fitting into the world doesn't, I guess, make. I'm still trying to find the right grooves, you know. Uh, but the inner work that's something that I've been fascinated with and pretty diligent with most mm-hmm. of my life and now it seems that um sort of uh, either metaphorical or literal uh the saturn ascending of it all seems to be focused on the integration of the physical now that i've at least cleared out some room in the uh in the internal so i don't know what are what are the processes there the what all right I, I think so. So here, here's part of the problem, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think I think everyone falls in this. I, I've definitely fallen into this, um, where everyone feels like uh, there there's there should be a, a manual, a step by step, where you know it's like um, I don't know how familiar you are with like computer programming, right? But like I, I know when I was growing up, uh, we were taught BASIC, for example, in school, right? This is like middle school, hmm. uh, high school. So this would have been early mid nineties. And, and okay. we were, we were taught nine, uh, basic and you could do little programs on your graphing calculator written in basic, right? And, and basic, just like the name implies is very simple, right? So you have the first line, you put 10, um, like whatever, enter an input, right? And so then you go to 20, which is the second line. And then the user puts their input and you have, uh, the next line 30, you take that input and you spit out some kind of output, right? So. What that translates to in the program is uh, you get a prompt. What is your name? And so you type in Martin and then the program says, hello, Martin. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of times people expect 
uh, some of these things to to work out that way. That's that's kind of one of the reasons I I have the podcast on hold, right? Because I was getting all these people sending me emails and, and DMs on Twitter and all this saying like, well, hey, I have this problem. How do I fix it? Um, and like, that's, that's not why I'm doing the podcast. Right. right. Um, I'm trying to do my, my own exploration. Uh, th- there's plenty of people that, that can, can maybe give you that. Um, maybe you just haven't found the, the, the right group to, to go to that. Um, and, and a lot of times the, the way to really find out the answer to that problem is to figure it out yourself. Right. Because if yes. you don't, then, you know, Eventually, you might find the answer, um, but you don't know how you got there, right? Because all you're doing is following steps. Uh, so what if it happens again, right? Are you just going to like, go back and find that book and be like, okay, let me go through these steps again? Um, it, it, it doesn't work that way, right? Everyone's got different experiences. That's why we're all different people. Uh, you know, you have this, uh, to, to, we're all emanations of God, right? Uh, this is where we kind of can mix in uh, some of the different things that I'm interested in. Um, if, if we're all emanations of God, then that means we're all different people because God is experiencing different things. And so if, if Martin's experience was the same as Anthony's experience, then I would just be Anthony, right? Um, but that's not the way God works. God is trying to find an infinite number of experiences because God is infinite. Um, and so there might be similarities, right? Because you have the human condition. So everyone goes through similar things, but we don't all go through the same exact experience, right? It's not like Groundhog Day, um, just with a bunch of different people. And so you you can get some kind of direction, yes. And I think that's part of the reason why we have a study of alchemy. Um, but it doesn't mean that every little piece is going to work for every single person every time in the same exact way. Uh, you know, sometimes you might skip a step. Sometimes you may need to go back a step. Uh, sometimes you might need to repeat a step, right? Um, you're kind of using this like scientific method in a way, uh, but it's not perfect because the observations aren't perfect. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, you can go through the steps, right? So you, you've already mentioned what the steps are. Uh, you know, you start, you start off with calcination, which is like figuring out what, what the baggage is, right. And, and try to get rid of this baggage, right. That's your first step, recognizing what the problem is really. Um, and you go on to, to the solution where you kind of try to shed some of that. Um, you could probably put, uh, you know, when people talk about ego death or things like that, uh, you could probably put that in, in the second step. Um, but, but it's not like ego death as in like your, your ego just disappears. Um, it's just like getting rid of preconceived notions of, of how things should be. Right. And, and I think in terms of alchemy, that's actually pretty interesting in, in the way that people interpret alchemy. Um, you know, alchemy is kind of the basis for a lot of science. Um, a lot of scientific equipment was created by alchemists. Um, a lot of the, the process of chemistry, of combining elements and creating new elements, um, which has led to, you know, industry. Uh, you know, a lot of the things we have today wouldn't be possible with alchemy, right? Everything would probably just be made out of wood still, uh, or, you know, people chipping rocks instead of, you know, creating plastics. Um, 
or uh, you know petroleum byproducts or whatever, right? Uh, all that stuff wouldn't exist if people weren't doing these experiments. Um, and, and the same is probably true with uh, you know a lot of the way that society works. And so you, you don't want to get confused by um, I, I guess the, the the finite aspect of an infinite principle, right? Um, so yeah, you can talk about calcination, dissolution, and separation, conjunction, all this stuff, uh, but it, it it doesn't mean that's the end all be all. You know, you could you could find, uh, for example, uh, alchemical manuals. Um, there's a really like famous one that uh, nobody reads because uh, I guess you can't read it. Uh, there's no words in it. Um, but uh, the Mutus Liber, it's the, the silent book. It's just hmm. like a collection of, um, what do they call them, like epigraphs or whatever. They're just like pictures, right? like tablets. Okay. Um, and it's, there's, there's 15 of them, and it kind of shows you the process of, of distilling uh, gold and silver and, and mercury and creating this like philosopher's egg. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have looked through that um, a time or two in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there are a few of the tablets are like super famous. You see them all the time. I think like tablet nine and, um, is like everywhere. It's got like um, like a little Hermes in an egg uh, holding a caduceus and you have like the, mm, the right. sun and the moon on each or you have angels standing on the sun and the moon on each side. Um, some of these tablets are like super, super famous. Um, but, uh, like if you, if you start going through all the tablets and, and you start reading them, it's, um, it's like reading a silent comic book, right? Uh, because they're, they're kind of done in strips. Um, a lot of these are like triptychs. So there's three panels. Um, a couple are, you know, a, a bit more, maybe like five or seven panels. Um, usually obviously going through these kind of like sacred numbers, um, because, uh, you know, it. Each tablet represents kind of a different aspect of the process, and and the really interesting thing is, um, like in in this book, for example, you have the cycle repeating like multiple times. Um, I want to say it's probably three times uh, that the the steps repeat, and so you have tablets that kind of look very similar, um, but when you start analyzing them, they are very different. Um, because part of this process is that you're constantly going through the process, right? And so as you complete a step and go to the next step and you achieve your final product, you take that final product and you start refining that. So you bring it back to the first step um, and you start distilling it and fermenting it and going through all the steps where you get to a next level. Um, and, you know, hopefully by the end, uh, you can kind of get somewhere closer to the, the top rung, right? Um, but just because the tablet ends doesn't mean that the process ends, right? Um, because the point is that the whole thing is cyclical, right? And so you can you can start something uh, something very rough and physical and down to the ground and, and distill it into some kind of, uh, you know, alchemical gold where you're closer to, uh, you know, the, the top rung, the divine, um, but then everything physical stems out of that, right? So you're back kind of to square one. Uh, and, and you have a lot of concepts that kind of resonate with this, right? The whole idea of like, uh, resurrection or karma and things like that, um, all kind of go hand in hand with this thing because you're just kind of constantly going through the process. 
Um, so, so are there steps? Yes. But, uh, like how, how, how can you get to the, the step that you want to be at? If you, if you don't know where you're at in the first place. To do everybody it's your good old friend tippy patson here from the the league of extraordinary gents and uh today i have a special message for you uh, i'm trying to petition uh to get into the ears of uh nfl quarterback aaron Rodgers. you see uh i i got thinking recently and y'all remember how justin bieber had that really cool shirtless pastor that was always like hanging out with him and like vanquishing his spiritual foes and and you know to, so to Aaron Rodgers I won't be that for you you know I could be your hot young shirtless pastor but like not in a gay way but like in a in like a like a spiritual Rambo sort of way yeah and uh and because I understand that you know sometime back you you, you done took some ayahuasca in Peru and it kind of messed your game up uh, because you met Mother Ayahuasca but you also met the hat man Aaron Rodgers and, and he's been doing scaring you on the football field you know I got some quotes here uh, like uh, Aaron Rodgers you, you were done saying like he will sometimes appear in the distance usually veiled by darkness holding the corpse of a dead rabbit and sometimes a blade I just kept throwing the ball to the hat man and he was always wide open, floating high above the rest of the players and it was so scary I just had to do it. And you know, teammates done been quoting you saying that uh, you got lights flickering on and off in the, in, in, in the locker rooms and you, you done scared to be alone out there. So please Aaron, I beg you. Let me tippy pats and help you out there buddy. I could show you the Ford's way. Uh, I could get your wrestling gators out to here in the Everglades, you know, and we'll get you throwing a tight spiral to that uh, that hat man in 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 dang on no time, buddy. So come on, Aaron Rodgers, let Tippy Patson be your spiritual mentor, and you know that's it for now, folks. Help me get help me get in the ear of good old Aaron. All right, take it easy. Hello to everybody. Um, you by Dobius Jefferson Tillamuxlinger. Uh, that's my code name around here. I also go by Steve Buscemi and a whole lot of other things. Uh, it recently, you know, I, I recently caught a little bit of flack because I was really high and uh, I called it to uh, Joseph Rupert's Lighting the Void. 
a radio station asking for laundromat and drug money. Um, and since then, many people have said that uh, um, I maybe should not, if I'm doing that, maybe I should not be spending so much money on drugs. Even though I explained to them that when you ship yourselves overseas and back in a crate, you need drugs to do to pass the time. <clears throat> well, uh, I am I'm sober now and a little bit skinnier, and it's all thanks to Tippy Patson's Rainbow Body Weight Loss Program. Uh, it's a fantastic product that doesn't even require portion control or calorie counting. All you do is smoke this Colombian cocaine paste named Basuco. Uh, which is basically a uh, cocaine mix with uh, boda oil and brick dust. But if you smoke enough of this stuff, you achieve a rainbow body state of existence and you sweat a lot of it off. And uh, it works like a charm. And I'm living proof. Jefferson T, baby. So sign up today. Um, because, uh, uh, you know, it, the sober living is the way to go. And I understand, you know, I'm sorry to Joseph Rupert. I understand, you know, I'm sorry to Joseph Rupert for calling in. Um, and, you know, you got your new and improved, fresh, clean, so fresh and so clean, Jefferson T. All right, uh, you cats, take it easy out there. Greetings, Protendo. It is I, Muscle Tornado, and... You know, I've got some news that makes my heart a bit heavy. Uh, you know, I'm a Hulk, Hulkster, give me strength. Um, you know, firstly, you may have heard that our friend Bayou Jones went missing overseas, and then our, our cosmic ghost pirate has been uh, accidentally recently stuck into this heavy wind up television set. Uh, and our friend Silverback Commando recently ran out of LSD after a years-long bender and uh, has fallen into an existential crisis in his sobriety. Well, Silverback seems to have hitchhiked out of here. He's gone. And this morning, I accidentally changed the channel on this shitty wind-up television set. And now I can't find my cosmic ghost pirate anywhere. And on top of that... Uh, as some of you may know, I've lost my hand and my eye lately, so I have a pretty sweet hook and eye patch, but I'm tired of everything being taken away from me, Broseph. Hulkster, give me strength. Vin D for life, baby. Come on. We, uh, what do I need to do? Um, you know, just maybe, uh, maybe I really am transforming into a pirate, um, but... You know, whatever. Something's gotta give, right? Um, in the meantime, I'm just uh, just gonna keep, you know, I, I've, I've got plenty of pixie sticks, so. I... <laughs> oh, God. Well, we'll just, uh, you know, cross the bridges as we get there, right? Uh <laughs> Ooh, Muscle Tornado is over and out.
kind of the tough part, right? So yeah, I mean, like yeah. I've been through some some rough stuff, right? I think everyone's been through rough stuff. Yeah, I think I think part of the reason a lot of folks get into uh, studying these kind of topics is because they've had some really rough patches in their life, and uh, and either they had no direction to begin with, or they recognized the direction that they were going in wasn't working out for them, so they wanted to try something new. Yeah, right? amen. So. That's why you see uh, a lot of folks that are, let's say, Christian, uh, when they start going through this process, they're like, oh, I'm going to try something else. And so where do they go? 99% of the time, they find Buddhism uh, because that's like kind of the opposite, right? Or so they think until you start diving into it. Yeah, right. Uh, so you, you start going through Buddhism, they're like, oh, that's cool. And you find Taoism, so you go to that. And from there, you might go to Hinduism. Uh, Maybe you're like, oh, like some of this stuff sounds similar to this Christianity stuff. Let me try Islam, right? Because that's kind of closer. Um, and some people, you know, sometimes they like refine God and ju that just means that they go back and start going to church again. Um, or sometimes they just get disillusioned with the whole thing and they believe in nothing. Um, obviously, they don't, they can't not believe in something, right? They believe yeah. in not believing in anything. So you're still believing in something. So true. Um, but uh, you just got to kind of go with the process, right? And don't get too bucked down about it. Um, I think that's like the, the ultimate pitfall in, into, uh, into, I mean, I guess I'll say evolving yourself, but that's just a, a terrible word because it means that the, when you use the word evolution, it kind of implies that the step before was not as good. Yeah. Um, but, you know, all the steps are just as important, as the previous step and the next step. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I guess if you evolve um, your your mind and your body and your your spirit or whatever, um, I don't know, well, you, go ahead. Um, There's just so much, man, I get bucked down. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's a lot of. Yeah, no, and I think you, it, you did a wonderful job. Um, breaking down, tearing down the idea of a roadmap while still um, kind of, you know, because like I've said on the show before, advice is most for the most part bullshit, but examples and data and, you know, getting uh, other people's perspectives and, and life experiences, there's, there's really something to be said for that. And ultimately, yeah. that's what it all really boils down to. And that in mind, um, building off of everything that you just discussed, I'd, um, uh, you know, I mentioned that you've come on the show to talk about different concepts. I'd like to kind of continue giving you the floor and uh, what, you know, without, you're clearly not trying to sell anybody on anything. So be as open as you, as you care to be. What's your what's your philosophical alchemical worldview? How does this break down for you? What are the metaphysics? What are the ins and outs here? What are the big takeaways? You know, kind of. I think the the picture I have in my head is um, I've mentioned this before as well. Uh, Jung at the end of his life in that BBC documentary, he said, "I don't need to believe in God. I know." You know what yeah. what are, what are those things that you feel certain about that that you feel comfortable you know not in a pushy way but in a experiential way that have contributed to your philosophical worldview? Yeah, no, and and I a hundred percent share that same sentiment. Um, you know, I've had many experiences, and, and in particular over the last uh, I don't know two or three years or so, um, 
that convince me that there's no possible way for it to be otherwise. Um, and sometimes that gets interesting, right? Because like my, my wife, for example, she, she grew up in um, like a Southern Baptist household. And, uh, you know, none of them go to the church anymore, but she, she grew up in a Southern Baptist household. And so she's very jaded towards uh, the, the idea of God and Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't care either way, right? Um, you know, Jesus is just a, a manifestation. Uh, Muhammad is just a manifestation. Buddha is just a manifestation. Um, they're, they're irrelevant, um, if I want to put it that way. What, what matters is that I know for a fact that God exists, right? Um, to me, God is not like a bearded man in the sky, and that's where she and I differ. Because if I say, well, yeah, there's no doubt God exists. God is everywhere. She'd be like, God's a little bearded man in the sky. I'm like, okay, well, you know, you, you don't understand what I'm saying, right? So <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not going to argue with her about it. She just She's not in that place in her life, and she doesn't care to be. Uh, and I don't need to impose that, right? Because the only thing I can work on is myself, right? Mm-hmm. So you work on yourself and then everything follows out behind it. Um, and, you know, and her opinions have changed a little bit as a result. Um, I know that she's seen a lot of growth in me since we've been married, right? We've been married 10 years, 11 years almost. Nice. Um, so I know she's seen a lot of growth in, in me. Um, some of it, I mean, she might think for the better, some for the worse, Right. Uh, like I mentioned before, the fact that I seem so nonchalant about a lot of things um, kind of rubs some people off the wrong way. And, uh, you know, professionally, it's worked wonders for me, right? Because I've managed to move up in, in my place of work uh, because I'm so nonchalant, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and some people might consider that uh, kind of a, a bad thing, right? Uh, this guy is like a total... Total douche. He doesn't care about anything. Um, well, I mean, it's kind of true. I don't because I care about everything so much. Um, and that's just the, the way that I view it, right? Um, every every moment is just a passing moment, right? So why am I going to harp on something? If I made a mistake, oh, well, I made a mistake. Let's just move on. Uh, we'll fix it on the next go around. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it's a really bad mistake, okay. Well, you know, you got to deal with the consequences. You can't, uh, you can't just go run away, right? You can't go hide in the woods and uh, you know join a monastery or whatever. Um, if that's the path you feel like you want to take, that's fine. But uh, but it doesn't fix anything, right? And eventually, you might recognize that you're missing something. Uh, you might recognize the path that you're on isn't quite right. Uh, it's not fulfilling enough. Um, and the reason is because you've kind of put one part of yourself to the wayside. Um, you know, the point of alchemy, uh, of following the alchemical process for yourself, is kind of this this unison of opposites. Um, you know, everyone talks about uh, uh, burn books because books are evil. Like, why? What the book do to you, right? <laughs> like, is the book coming after you and trying to murder you? No, right? Um, you know, people talk about uh, what, what's... I live in the South, so we see this a lot. I'm sure you do because you're in the South too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but you know, they have like the, uh, the drag reading nights at libraries. <laughs> um, and so they go and protest uh, the, the drag readings. And I'm like, why? They're reading books to kids, right? Like, who cares? So you don't like the fact that they dress up as women, right? Or women dress up as men. 
Like, what what difference does that make to you? Are you so insecure in yourself and your own beliefs uh, that you feel like you have to protest it? Um, I like agree. What 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 kind of God do you believe in that doesn't love everybody? Right. So God only loves everybody if they're only Christian or only Muslim or only Buddhist or whatever. Like that doesn't make any sense, right? Yeah. Um, it, it, if God is one thing, then everything's one thing. And so we all love each other and have a good time, right? Uh, maybe you want to go smoke weed or have a couple drinks with your fellow God. Great. Um, but then, you know, we start fighting each other. It's a whole different thing, man. Um, you, you can't get anywhere with it. That's why, that's why I don't follow politics. I don't care. It's all a joke, right? Yeah. Um, they're, they're all the same people just trying to pay one against the other just so they can, you know, stay in office and get some extra money. Um, I don't, I don't talk politics, but that's the way it is. That's, that's just the way our society has been formed. Um, that's why I, I, I prefer to use necro capitalism as opposed to just capitalism. Right. So the difference being, uh, in necro capitalism, the, the system itself uses the the dying of people um, in order to to further itself and make more money. Um, I, that, that's all our system does is just create more suffering, right? So how do you how do you get yourself out of that? Is what you should be thinking about. And if you if you decide that you need to stay in it, right, because you have a family or kids or whatever, how can you uh, continue to be a part of the system? Um, without entrenching yourself into some of those things, right? And, and you, I, you know, I, I battle with some of that stuff um, because the, the company that I work for is a, is a large worldwide conglomerate um, that has their hands in a lot of things the that CIA. I might consider shady. Not the CIA. <laughs> <laughs> Not the CIA. Um, but, but some of those things, like how, how can you go without it? Right. Like my wife won't buy Tyson chicken, right. Because they keep chickens like all in cages. Um, so like she, you know, she only buys like free range eggs. Cool. That's great. Right. So you're not, uh, complying with the suffering of chickens by buying free range eggs. That's cool. Um, but then like, you know, you, uh, you buy stuff on Amazon and get it shipped every day. Right. Right. So like, do, do those two things make sense, right? Like you're you're not going to fix everything by yourself if you decide to to continue living in the world. Uh, but there are certain things that you can control, and if you find those things that you can control, then you need to figure out how your your philosophy and your ideology can contribute the most to your well being, while uh, kind of lowering the suffering of everyone else, right? And so if I say, well, I'm not going to buy Tyson chicken because they beat their chickens or whatever. Okay. Um, then maybe, you know, I should also not uh, buy a leather jacket, right? Because, you know, they beat cows and skin them to use, get the leather jacket. Um, or, uh, you know, instead of buying, uh, I don't know, we don't have a, a, an Escalade, right? But let's say instead of buying an Escalade, right? Where you get like 10 miles a gallon. Uh, you know, I'm not saying buy a Tesla, but maybe you should buy like a, a Pinto, right? Or <laughs> a, a Honda Accord or something, something that gets good gas mileage. I guess I, I, I got to apologize um, to the audience and to everyone um, that I did not send uh, Martin the conversation with Eric last week. Um, 
it just because man it's so synchronous you're really touching on um uh you're following through with some fascinating concepts uh, like necro capitalism and being trapped in the machine so to speak we did so i i have to bring this up because <clears throat> i know that you will have more than enough uh uh to draw from without having listened but we brought up the uh the two-part uh run marvel ruins in that conversation oh yeah and uh and we we kind of got into uh it was the book i haven't read it but um eric walked us uh through a, a little bit of it uh, life inc by douglas rushkoff are you familiar mm -hmm. with that yep. um so we really got between marvel ruins and life inc we we got into some really darkly fascinating territory of like the idea of being trapped in the dark timeline what do you think about that <laughs> listen i'm not trapped anywhere buddy i'm i'm in all timelines Hell yeah um, <laughs> yeah if you do enough uh psychedelics ooh -wee, you are everywhere buddy <laughs> but uh that's a good and, and yeah I, I never told the story but I, there was there was a little like a brief period uh, where I was doing some serious experimentation. Um, and I can tell you, I, I don't know, I, I assumed it was me, but I met me in like five different lifetimes. It was it was awesome. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. I mean, I assumed it was me because like we weren't talking. Um, but it was it was weird. Like I would uh, I would show up in a place. Right. And like I see this guy, this group of people doing stuff. And, uh, and I'm looking all of a sudden, like, I guess they sense me and kind of looked at me and they're like, oh shit, like what's going on. Um, but anyway, so, so the dark timeline, uh, damn, no, you just reminded me of the, <laughs> the moment in interstellar where they get that like warp where like someone's reaching uh, yeah. out and then it turns out that it's, uh, Matthew McConaughey the whole yeah. time. Yeah. That's weird. I just watched that this week. Like I watched it, uh, Thursday night. No shit. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got some alchemical mojo in this conversation here. Um Listen, if if, <laughs> if I if I kept track of all the synchronicities I get every single day, it would blow your fucking mind. Okay? Like I, I, feel I the mentioned same way. earlier, I mentioned earlier about my grandma passing away yesterday. Um I was thinking about my grandma Friday night, right? Mm -hmm. Um because her birthday would have been today. And oh, so I was wow. like, oh man. Uh, you know, like, like my grandma's birthday is on on, on uh, Sunday. So she'll be eighty five. This that, and the other. And I was like, that's so weird. I was like, I should uh, I should see what's up. like. I she hasn't been like communicative. She's she's had Alzheimer's for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was like, oh man, I should see if I can reach out and uh, talk to my aunt because my my aunt was kind of taking care of her, and uh, didn't think much anything else about it. Uh, and then I got the news, you know, the following day about it. I was like, oh man. And this is like an, an everyday thing, right? Um, it's just the, the life that I live is like total fiction, dude. That's <laughs> like, that's, that's why when I tell you, like, I have no worries. Um, I, I literally like have no worries. Like, it doesn't mean I don't get worried by the way. So stuff may happen where I'm like, oh man, like, how am I going to deal with this? But it's just like a reflex. Right. right. Um, you don't you have know, active worries. No, no, I don't have active worries. It's yeah. uh, you know, that, that, that Buddhist saying, uh, reach enlightenment, uh, chop wood, carry water. What is it? Before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. Um, I'm not saying I'm enlightened <laughs> right. in any way, by the way. Right. But, but that's just the way it is. Like, it doesn't matter where you are in your life. You're still chopping wood, carrying water. And, uh, 
And and so once you realize that, you're just like, whatever. Like, I'll just keep chopping wood, carry my water. <laughs> um, very poignant. Um, that in mind, do tell about the the dark timeline. What do you think? Because either way, it's it's very interesting food for thought. Um, I don't know how literal I take it, but regardless, you know, you can get into chaos theory and the statistics of it all. It is Eric brought up um something that sticks with me: the idea of at least in metaphor, like suffering in. It, it, if we are in one timeline and we're suffering now, maybe it is to shoulder the burden so that another one of us may, uh, uh, in another timeline, may be doing better. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the the karmic cycle, right? Yeah. Um, all right, the dark timeline. I gotta take my watch off. This is uh, this is hurting my wrist. All right, so. <laughs> Got to get serious now. Watches off, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm trying to think how how I want to approach this. Yeah, it's a strange because concept. Think, well, the, the the problem is I don't want to get into um, into like conspiratorial uh, territory with things like the fourth turning or anything like that. Sure, I don't even uh, know what that is. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> for as, as disclaimers, we're not getting into Mandela effect territory. We're we're keeping it classy. Oh, uh, we that. might, might, might we? <laughs> I mean, the idea of things being uh, changing is not. Um, uh, it's a fun premise, but the actual concepts of Mandela effect. I mean, it just seems simple enough to be eyewitness accounts gone awry. You know, like court cases on a grand scale, eyewitness accounts. I don't, the, the Mandela effect's never been very compelling to me, but I want to hear you go in whatever direction your brain takes you. Like, let's hear it. All right. Uh, all right. So you, you've read Philip K. Dick. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you, you know his whole thing with the exegesis. Oh, yeah. So Philip K. Dick's got this story where, he was like, I'm going to paraphrase it, okay? Because this happened in the 70s, I believe it was, mid-70s. Uh, and we're, we're at a whole different time. So uh, Philip K. Dick was uh, chilling at home watching Netflix and got hungry and ordered a pizza. And uh, the doorbell rang, and uh, he went to the door, and uh, the pizza lady had this uh, Jesus fish necklace hanging out. and uh, Philip K. Dick said, well, I know that's simple. Um, and she said, <laughs> uh, praise be, brother. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, you know, the magical incantation kind of made him snap. And he was uh, back in ancient Rome, uh, hanging out with the homies, uh, maybe in, in Greece, drinking some, some kiki on, right? Um, really Bill and Ted vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I need to rewatch that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me too. It's been a while. Yeah. All right, so may maybe I didn't upgrade it much. Maybe I'm still stuck in the 80s then. But <laughs> um, yeah, so so he's he's back in ancient Rome, and uh, and he's part of uh, this uh, you know secret sect of Christians uh, that are being persecuted by by the Romans, and and so he realizes the the famous line that he says that the empire never ended, um, and we're just kind of. Um, stuck in this like weird um 
it's not like the Matrix, but it's similar. Uh, it's a simulacrum um, of of a reality where the Roman Empire is still around, right? Um, except uh, you know, like in the Matrix, we're now in the year twenty two hundred, and uh, we're all just kind of plugged into this simulacrum where uh, we believe it's uh, twenty twenty three. And, uh, and everything's cool. And, uh, you know, we're all free people to uh, free to do whatever we want. Uh, meanwhile, you know, Caesar is controlling us from, uh, from his tower uh, with the Illuminati. So uh, I, I mixed up a lot of concepts on their own purpose because, you know, it's kind of a fun story to tell. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, but I do see things uh, in, in a similar respect. And, and, and I want to take it in a slightly tangential direction uh, are you familiar with the idea of the dark forest uh yeah that does ring a bell um you're gonna have to refresh my memory though sure okay so the idea of the dark forest is um you know as far as we know we're the only uh intelligent life in the universe right as far as we know mm-hmm and and the thing is why why is that right you look up in the sky and you see thousands of stars and each one might have dozens of planets so theoretically the chance of uh us being the only ones is almost zero so you gotta think why right and and the thing is what if we're not the only intelligent life but that there are species who have figured out that the only way for you to continue as a species is to not advertise yourself to the entire universe. The reasons might be plentiful. So one of the the ideas behind this and one of my favorite sci-fi series um, is that there is a species that has become so advanced that they kind of transcended physical space, right? So they live in like a 10 dimensional universe, mm-hmm. uh, but they have kind of left these machines behind whose sole purpose it is to um, kind of remove any other species that achieves a certain level of technology. Okay. What's, what's the name of this series? I, this is familiar. Three body problems. Yeah, 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 okay. I haven't read it, but I'm familiar with it. Keep going. If you, if you haven't read it, you should read it. It's a trilogy. They're all fantastic. The first one's the best, of course, but all three are great. Uh, there are, like, offshoots written by other people um, that are okay. Uh, like, they add to the mythology, but they're not part of the trilogy. Gotcha. Um, there, is a, there is a, like, TB version that came out in China this year. Huh. Um, you can watch them all on YouTube. They're, uh, they're in Mandarin with English subtitles. Um, and Netflix is putting out a series next year, I believe. Oh, shit. Uh, ba- okay. Based on the books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can find the trailer for the Netflix series. It looks pretty good. Uh, you might not understand anything that's happening in the trailer unless you've read the books. But anyways, <laughs> so um, so what, what if this is the case, right? Um, this is one of the, the things that pops up in the series. There's like a ton of other things, right? Because uh, like in this series, one of the civilizations um, has kind of uh, progressed 
enough technologically through like all these disasters, right? And so they they have like eras uh, or mm-hmm. ages um, because they're they don't know this, but their planet has uh, multiple suns. This is why it's called the three body problem. Um, the three body problem is like a real scientific thing uh, where it's like extremely hard to resolve because of the way that uh, gravity interacts, uh, all the gravitic fields interact with each other um, in a system with three bodies or more, right? Mm. Uh, we only have two bodies, right? We revolve around the sun, okay? That's what they say in the books at least, okay? It might all be fake. We might just be on a flat earth and the sun just, <laughs> what, what does it do? Does it wobble? Does it go left? I don't know what the sun does here. Um, but, but in the textbooks, Okay, uh, we live in a globe and we revolve around the sun. And so um, they, through this whole complicated process, you learn that this civilization has on their, that they have persisted through like dozens of these eras where, um, and they don't know why like the eras happen. So like when this, when the planet is in a certain position, uh, like every, the whole world freezes. And so what has evolved are these uh, beings that can basically like dehydrate themselves. Hmm. Um, and then uh, like a few people are left behind in like a bunker. And so when the sun comes back out and it's like, you know, they can live their lives and plant crops and stuff, um, they like rehydrate everybody else, right? And so they come back to life. Uh, so this happens for, you know, millennia, wow. dozens, dozens, dozens of ages. Um, and eventually they discover, because somebody sent out a, a radio signal, that there is life on another planet. And so they think to themselves, our life here sucks because we don't know when our planet's going to freeze over or not, right? It might, you know, and it might freeze over for a week or it might be 20 years. Um, these people obviously have, have a cool planet. Let's go get to their planet. And so they they devise these machines made out of a single electron. Um, they like fold it in multiple dimensions. And so when they unfold it, it basically uh, encompasses the entire planet. And okay. uh, because they're machines, they're able to program these electrons. And so they send two to Earth and it basically... Um, invalidates any results from like a particle collider right and so physics can't advance anymore right <laughs> and so this is one of the this is one of the reasons why for example we haven't made any t- like serious physical uh, physics advancements in like 100 years uh, or 50 years whatever it is um according to the book of course uh because you know these aliens figure this out and they sent these uh protons down to earth and they're like messing up all the things. And so one of the, the first things you hear in the show and, and reading the book is that uh, like all these physicists start to kill themselves um, because they realize that like physics doesn't exist. Right. Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, and it's not, it's not that it doesn't exist, but all the results are being invalidated because right. of this, this machine. That's just physics as they know it doesn't exist. Correct. Correct. Um, so anyways, long story short, you have this dark forest, right? So I, I find um, you can kind of mix in these two things hmm. in a way, right? 
So what if this is all what if, right? This is like a sci-fi story. I'm telling you right now. This is Absolutely. not like <laughs> it's not reality. Okay. Um, but what Fun is food reality? for thought? Yeah, Fun exactly. Food for thought. But what if? What if um, all these things are true? Right. Um, people are just like mythology creation machines. Right. So. You ever get these things that pop up where you're like, man, I can't like research this thing because of some dumbass on like TikTok. Um, you get this a lot. Like if you start diving into like serious, like esoteric and mystical and alchemical subjects, um, you look something up and like the top 100 results are like anime characters. Um, <laughs> I feel you. Or like, uh, you know, something from a video game um, or like, you know, a TikToker doing like a magic trick, turning a, a, a penny into a gold coin or a gold nugget or something, right? <laughs> like some stupid shit. You don't get like real results, right? Uh, and th this almost makes you think like, what is going on that this is the case, right? Because the algorithm obviously is made to um extract the most attention from the person on the screen right and so obviously people don't give a shit about alchemy or mysticism or anything of, of substance and value um people just like to be entertained right because again we live in this necro capitalist society um where all 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 you do is uh e extract well, you think you extract uh, fun and enjoyment out of everything that you do. Because um, you kind of program to think that this is what you should be doing. I have, you know, a couple free minutes. Let me go uh, play a game on my phone or I'll hop on TikTok or YouTube real quick and, you know, watch a video of some dude jumping off a building into a swimming pool. I don't know. Whatever people do, right? <laughs> <clears throat> That, that's the way that the system's set up. And so if you want to start looking for any serious information, you're going down to like page, you know, 50 of the, the Google results or whatever, right? Because mm -hmm. that's where you might find stuff. Okay, again, like conspiracy theorists, for example, right? God love them. Because like, you know, these people bring up certain things about the way that the world works um, and how it's maybe not correct. Um, and they might be wrong about the specifics, I don't know, but you know, they're, they're right in concept. Um, and so, so do I think that like, we're in a place in time where like, we're all Jesus, right? Like we're all paying for someone's sins No. Okay. Um, but, but do I think that like, we were a t terrible species? And it, do I wonder how we've lasted as long as we have every day of my life? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> every day of my life. Because think about it. How many people do you know that could survive if the power went out? Like indefinitely, right? If every piece of electrical equipment got fried, how many people do you know could survive in that scenario? Uh, and I not can tell many. you. Not many. And I can tell you, I've talked to a lot of people because I'm very interested in the subject. I've talked to a lot of people about this. A lot of people said they would just kill themselves. Wow. Holy right? shit. 
um, instead of having to suffer through whatever. Wow. They would just off themselves. Um, so, you know, it, I mean. are we, are we in a dark timeline? Yes. But, but I don't know, man, it's, it feels very self-imposed and, and I, I think that's why, um, a lot of this esoteric knowledge and a lot of the alchemical texts are like giant jigsaw puzzles, right? Um, because I, I'm trying to make the sound not totally horrendous, <laughs> but I'm going to say it anyway, because, you know, I, I'm 100% honest 100% of the time. Hell yeah. Um, most people are just absolute trash. Okay. I get um, it. And, and what I mean by that is that not that they're terrible people. It's that they, they don't care about bettering anything. Okay. Yeah, they consider their time. They use their time as if it were trash, essentially. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, now I'm not saying like reading books is a worthwhile effort, right? You can uh, you can ask some philosophers; they'll tell you that writing is the worst thing ever created because it makes people stupid. Because um, yeah, you know, what you is it? Have... One of those Asian uh, dictators that said, um, uh, I think it was Mao that said, "Reading too many books is harmful to your mental health." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and we laugh about Mao, but you know, we do see that a lot nowadays. Again, particularly in the South, uh, where people want to ban books for whatever reason. Yeah, true, um, true. So, you know, it's not just him. And, you know, Plato and Socrates said it too. Um, I think more Socrates. Socrates hated writing. Really? Um, he, yeah, he said it made people stupid. No shit. Um, I don't know if I knew that. Yeah, because, you know, you don't have – so before writing, you would transmit things orally, right? Um, and so you couldn't just go to your bookshelf and grab a book and say, okay, now I know – the recipe to lasagna. Okay. And then if I make lasagna next year, I don't need to worry about it because I have this book that gives me the recipe to lasagna. You would have to go and cook the lasagna with somebody that knew how to make the lasagna. Right. And then, you know, if you want to make lasagna again, what do you do? Well, you better fucking remember the recipe or you're not making lasagna, right? You're making spaghetti and meatballs. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and, and this doesn't happen everywhere, by the way. So there's there's some really strong traditions in like Japan, for example, um, that are still very reminiscent of oral traditions. So like to be a sushi chef in, in Japan, you're not going to sushi chef school, right? And getting your diploma in six weeks, uh, like I'm sure you do if you go to like uh, the hibachi place here in the US. Um, you, you become an apprentice to a sushi chef Right. And uh, and you're you're cleaning dishes for three years and watching him. And then maybe he'll let you uh, touch his knife. Right. Like pass him his knife before he cuts the sushi roll. Um, and so you're with this guy for, you know, six, seven years before you're allowed to even make a sushi roll. Damn. Sort of uh, the a beginning and the end and an Ouroboro kind of question. Like what got you into this specifically and 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 
where is it taking you in the long run? I mean, what got me into this is just being frustrated when I went to church. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, again, I, you know, I've mentioned this before, but I think that's probably true for a lot of people uh, listening or that are into this kind of thing. Uh, and I mean, I, I remember like even being like super young, right? Like six or seven and I'd be in church and they'd say something and I'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, that's not even true. Right. Um, and I don't remember like what that exact thing that I was saying wasn't true is, but I, I remember, I, I still have the image of me. Like, I remember what the building looked like. I remember that exact moment and obviously it progressed as my life progressed. Um, and maybe it's because of like other, I don't want to say traumas because there weren't traumatic events, but other things that happened, um, that I wanted to find an answer to because the system that I was provided with didn't have an answer. Right. Um, which does make me wonder like how much of like our current, uh, societal issues are a result of the same thing. Right. Hmm. Where like, maybe it happened to me long enough ago, where some of those constraint mechanisms weren't entirely put into place. Um, in terms of like a society, right, whatever the construct is. Um, and whether like people going through that now or in 20 years or 100 years, uh, will still be able to go through that process. Right. Um, Think about it, like, you know, suicide rates are up, um, drug addiction, drug-related deaths are up quite a bit. Um, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. I'm sure some statistics major can correct me. But I'm pretty sure that, like, within the last, like, two or three years, the number one death for people is now, like, a drug-related death. Um, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Because um, think about it, like medicine's pretty good, right? So a lot of people are getting less sick uh, for the most part. Um, even if they get sick, they just like get some pills to let them, you know, continue pushing on uh, for whatever reason, right? You're getting more release, no problem. Take the stuff, right? Oh, it gives me diarrhea. Well, cool. Here, take this diarrhea pill. Oh, that gives me heartburn. Cool. Take this heartburn pill. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the case. But, you know, in terms of my overall goal, no, my only goal um, is just to kind of disassociate myself um, from from whatever uh, will cause me to think of the world as a bad place. Okay, so I know I've just talked a lot of smack about society, um, but I don't think like inherently people are like terrible. Right. I think we've just kind of been conditioned to uh, act in a certain way. Um, but I don't think inherently we're, we're that bad. Um, I think inherently, like, we're just a thing, right? It's like if you, you go into the woods and you get eaten by a bear, the bear's not bad because he ate you. The bear was hungry. Right. Um, I think it's the same for people. Um, we've just kind of been conditioned to i don't know just live in this fake black mirror world right um well that's interesting because um 
I think that so much, you know, this this uh, heavily applies to alchemy, but just life in general. Some of the hardest parts are the uh, the transitions, and um, um, you know, stepping into a new phase, uh, shaking up your routine. Um, sometimes yeah. it's inevitable and uh, entirely necessary. Um, and when there's a lot of emphasis in the alchemical works of uh, um, sussing out the lead so that you may transmute it, um, especially uh, particularly in a psychological sense, um, I think it can be hard for some people uh, to transition. And, you know, after, you know, I guess it's a desensitization thing. You know, if, it, if you, um, Jung talks about this, I've talked about this before. Uh, uh, I guess to make it easy, like biting off more than you can chew is a very real um, a hazard, if you will, in, in doing that alchemical work. And um, what do you oh, think? I, I think at first it can be, but I think you can get to a place where there's no such thing as biting more than you can chew. Yeah, well said, well said. And and, yeah. and I would like you to expand upon that. Just the idea of of the psychological, whether it be letting go, you know, the yeah. the, the actual transition part. Yeah. So there's like a there's like an alchemical tenet, uh, like one of the rules, I guess you could say. Um, it, it, I don't know the exact phrasing. Again, I'll paraphrase, but it's something like. Uh, you know, man cannot gain anything uh, without giving something in return, right? Um, and, and to go from that, like, if you want something of value, you have to give something of value in return. So, so what does that mean? Well, it doesn't mean that if you want to uh, be a millionaire, you're going to buy a million dollars with the lottery tickets, right? Because that's stupid. <laughs> Um, if you had a million dollars to buy lottery tickets, you were already a millionaire. So why are you buying lottery tickets? Uh, but what that does mean is if you, if you want to, I don't want to say bypass, but if you want to, um, maybe conquer, uh, some kind of, um, tough state in your life uh the only way for you to do that is to give up a part of yourself that you might deem just as important
Has gravity got you down? Do you not understand the difference between a wave or a particle? What about the planets? How do all those rotate around each other? Laws of physics and other sciences can be confusing. So the next time you're curious just how exactly E equals MC squared, hire a highly trained and qualified professional. That's right, it's space lawyers. Space lawyers are skilled in litigation with the laws of time, space, cosmic ghost pirates, and various other lawyerings. Each space lawyer has a PhD in space law from the Cosmic Hall of Space, space Justice. Justice, and they can get you out of just about any sticky situation. So stop bonking your head on things or accidentally creating big bangs with your haphazard studies in quantum, quantum physics. physics. Leave all of that to the highly trained professionals prepared to litigate these laws for you. Just call 1-800-SPACELAWYER.COM for more info. Space, Space Lawyer? Lawyer? Space lawyers cannot be used in a regular court of law. They can only accept cash and no cosmic traveler checks nor visa debit cards. Please wait up to four cosmic business days for our space lawyers to get back to you. So I have talked about this in, in my podcast, and I might have mentioned it here. Um, but I had a, a really interesting experience one time several years ago where um, I... Well, you know what? Have I talked? Yeah, I think I've talked about this. Uh, I don't think I went into like very detailed specifics. Um, but, you know, even after several years, it's still very vivid in my mind. So I uh, had this experience where I was uh, taken to this place. Um, and how I was taken there was weird because I was kind of trapped in a box. Um, this box was opened for me um, by a certain being. And that being took me to a place where I was um, kind of flown to this other place. I don't know, it's very strange. Hmm. And, and when I arrived at my destination, um, I met a being who said he was my brother. Okay. And we talked and he explained to me like kind of who he was and um, what the place that I was at was. Um, there were tons of other beings there. And he asked me what I thought I was doing. Right. This is like when I was like underwater in like deep studies. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, and he said, what, what, what do you think you're doing? And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, why are you doing what you're doing? And so, you know, we talked about that. I don't, I, I don't want to get into specifics. This is a very long story. <laughs> um, but um, we, we talked about this. Um, he explained certain things to me um, about the, the cycles of, the universe will say, um, and how he was not going to allow me to continue doing what I was doing, um, uh, because it was gonna kind of mess some things up. Hmm. <clears throat> and so I had a choice. Um, and the choice was to stop what I was doing or that I would lose everything. 
Okay. Hmm. Um, that was the choice. And so I thought not much about it. I thought it was an awesome experience, right? I was like, man, that was the greatest dream of all time. Um, I might have been on psychedelics at the time too. So, um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I was like, man, that, that was so cool. Yeah. Was like, That's so cool. We should. I, I, I was like, I'm going to write this down. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so I decided I was going to turn this into like a story. I don't know if I was going to be like a book or comic book, whatever, but I was going to, I was going to write it all down. Um, and so I started writing it. And let me tell you, as soon as I started writing it, shit started happening, right? Um, like bad stuff happening. And so I was like, well, what the fuck, right? I'm still writing, writing, and like bad stuff happening. I was like, huh. I was like, this dude told me if I didn't stop, bad shit was going to happen. Now bad shit is happening. Maybe I should stop. Right. Yeah, so, I, I, so I stopped. Right. So I stopped and like things are fine. And I was like, eh, what am I talking about? You know, like that doesn't make any sense. I'm a grown ass man. I'm gonna do what I want. So I like, go back and start writing and like bad stuff starts happening again. Um, and there were like other things going on, uh, even within the house. Um, I don't, I don't know if I've talked about that. Um, but like the, the kids starting seeing like a, a, a thing upstairs. Really? Like a being. Yeah. 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 Oh, shit. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, like my, my office setup is this room in the garage, like off to the side. Um, and like, you know, if I would be in here for a while, when I leave, like you could feel like there was somebody following me. Right. Um, and you know, you get that feeling sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then like you turn it around and you don't feel it anymore. Yeah. Not this time, buddy. Like if I turned around, it was there. Really? I, I couldn't see anything, but you could feel something. <laughs> um, and so, uh, so this happened for like a couple of weeks and finally I was like, listen, I don't know what the fuck you're doing, but you need to, you need to quit. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I'm getting freaked out. The kids are getting freaked out. Um, Anyway, so when that happened, uh, they quit seeing it. Um, and I was like, you know what? Maybe you should just not write the story down. Right. <laughs> and so, and so, you know, I've, I've mentioned this, uh, a couple times. Uh, matter of fact, I even, I think I partially talked about it with, uh, Mike one time on, on Monday. Um, <clears throat> nice shout out to Mike. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I've never gone into specifics because like, it's still very detailed in my mind. Um, and I haven't decided to go back to writing it. And this is several years ago now. Uh, and, and the weird thing is how my life has changed as a result since this stuff happened. Um, because I haven't stopped searching. Um, I haven't stopped doing my research. But there are certain things that I did stop. For example, the podcast, I stopped. Mm-hmm. I stopped writing the story. Um, and I decided to kind of go in a different direction. And, you know, again, I started studying Kabbalah because I figured I was, I was old enough now. I was a big boy. <laughs> I could read some Kabbalah. Um, and, and things really have changed quite a bit. I mean, you know, when, when this whole thing was happening, like, things were really bad, dude. Uh, like, my wife and I almost got divorced at one point. Um like I, I went, I, I left the house 
like I, I spent like a month at my dad's house. Because mm, um, like everything was shit. Like my car was breaking down. Relationship was shit. Like I don't know, everything was bad. Yeah. Um. So I took that month and I came back. And slowly but surely, things started going great. Um. And you know now it's years later and it's still great. Right. But I feel like that's a process that I need to keep doing internally because mm -hmm. of whatever this dude said. Okay. Um, and so, so I continue doing it, but you know, it's helped me realize that I, I did need to integrate a lot of things. Um, I think once you, once you start studying some of these kind of fringe topics, um, you can go into some really weird directions, right? Um, and you know, I've, I've said a lot of weird things during this recording. <laughs> um, a lot of it in, in kind of in jest, right? Because uh, some of the stuff is just kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't mean that like there isn't some element of truth into any of it, right? Like I yes. said, it's probably all true. Um, or, you know, if it wasn't, then it kind of becomes true. Um, I, I do like really believe in this, like uh, the, the, the ability to, to enact change. Um, if you, I don't want to say if you believe in it hard enough, right? Because I don't want somebody to say, well, if I believe I'm going to be a millionaire, I'll be a millionaire. That's not the way it works. Right. Um, but you do need to kind of um, let go of a lot of um, shit inside of you. Um, and sometimes that like, that will cause issues, right? Um, but maybe in the end, it ends up working out, right? Um, and maybe it doesn't. Like, maybe I just got lucky, right? Because, like, what if the things that I got rid of about myself caused me to actually uh, lose everything, right? Like, what was, was said to me, said to me, because, like, as a way to stop me from continuing? Um, or was it, like, was it helpful, right? And so you can, you can talk about, like, tricksters, for example, um, what if this thing was just tricking me, right? What if it's telling me not to do it because it knows, well, you don't tell me what to do. I'm going to do it anyway. Right. Um, and, and telling me, well, if you continue, you're going to lose everything, but then not tell me what happens after. Right. Yeah. What if you have to lose everything? You have to lose all of what you are or you think you are um in order to create something new right and this is where we can get back to these you know stages of, of alchemy um because you you do have that right you get to the separation stage you're kind of getting rid of all this psychic baggage um and then you get into conjunction so you gotta start reintegrating body and mind and spirit together right and then when you get to that place you're like, okay, so what, what are the leftovers, right? What are the leftovers? Um, so you go, you start fermenting that stuff away, right? You start getting rid of that stuff. Hmm. Um, and then whatever's left over out of that, you have your distillation step. So you, you boil everything away into you know, the little glass beakers. And then when they get to the glass beakers, cool down and start condensing back again to something else, right? Um, 
that's that's why I brought up, and I mean, you can find all the images for the the Mutus Liber online, I'm sure. Uh, but that that's why I brought that up as kind of uh, an example of you know going through this process multiple times, because um, you're not going to get there the first time around, right? Um, part of part of growing as a person is is realizing there's always more out there, right? Um, what, what, what's that one saying? The, the wise man knows he knows nothing, right? Yeah. Um, that's like the truest thing anybody could ever tell you, right? <laughs> if you think you know anything about anything, I'm not going to listen to you. Okay. Um, that's why I tell people, don't, don't listen to me. I don't know anything. Um, just, it's all a joke. Okay. Uh, because it is, right? Just think of this whole thing as kind of like a giant playground. Right. Um, and when you kind of see it that way, things go like way smoother, man, way smoother. Um, I, get, oh. I don't want to bring up your stuff, but I can I can sense it. Like when I listen to your shows, I can I can hear it in your voice. Right. Um, <laughs> Feel free, I, man. Bring it up. I <laughs> I'd like to no, hear I mean, your insight. No, I, I, I don't want to, you know, bring up your, your personal life in, in public. Um, <clears throat> but, like, it's going to be fine, dude. Right? Uh, though everything is a mess, all is well. Right? Everything might seem like a disaster. But, like, you know, you're here. Right? Um, you're, you're, you're doing something with yourself. Right? Like, maybe, maybe you don't think that the podcast is, like, it. Right. Maybe you're like, man, I wish I could like do the podcast for a living. Right. Maybe there's a reason like that's not the case though. Right. You got to think about that kind of stuff too. Um, you know, I, I, I had to that. think about that. I had to think about that when I was doing the podcast. Right. When it's not getting people coming to me for like advice, I don't, that's not what I'm here for. Right. I just want to share stories. Yeah. And that is, uh, just uh, just to clarify because I think that's a uh, uh, very cathartic to bring up like yeah it would be great to make money off of this podcast um and I know you're not saying this but just just because I pride myself on this for lack of a better term I really don't do this for the money it is a passion project but fuck yeah it would be great it'd be great if I could uh, make a living off of it and um I wouldn't uh, deny for a second that I keep that in mind to at least have it as a possibility. But uh, sure. And when it's uh, and and especially when my uh, you know the trades and w- working in uh, legal cannabis, it's so fucked state to state. Like it's not a good trade to get into. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it man, it would be even greater that considered to make money off of a podcast. Uh, but yeah, like and again like the whole saturn ascending motif it's not that this any of my passions are less because um i like i'm never particularly attached to specific results um i am in it for the process and just trying to be a better person for myself and those around me but um um when you as i kind of talked about with eric like when you're in positions where you're n- you're not it's not a matter of getting what you want it's a matter of not even getting what you need in some cases sure. how yep. do you 
how do you not let that jade you, you know, and like desensitize you and, um, and start thinking well, but about it, but like, it, letting that taint the things you enjoy, you know? It, it, it could go the other way though, right? Because um, I've had this talk with, with my kids, right? They'd be like, oh, uh, you know, let's go to the mall today and then let's go eat afterwards. And tomorrow they're like, oh, well, I need this and I need, let's go to Starbucks and I'll, let's go to dinner. And I'm like, bro, every day, right? <laughs> I mean, what, when I was growing up, it was just me and my parents, right? Until my brothers came along. Um, but like, you know, both my parents worked two jobs, right? And we were still broke. Like we lived in a one bedroom apartment. I didn't even have a room. I didn't even have a bed, right? I had a mattress. Damn. And so at night I would slip, pull my mattress out from underneath their bed and I would sleep on it. And in the morning I'd pull it back under their bed and it was a, a single room. Okay. Maybe like twice as wide as a room I'm in. Okay. And the bed was in one corner. There was a little kitchenette, right? It was like a little one-room studio kind of thing. Um, and they were always working. So I'd prepare myself for school in the morning. One of them would take me. When I got out of school, I'd walk my ass home, right? Um, and so my, my experience growing up very poor is very different than, for example, my kids who are fortunate enough where we can provide essentially whatever they need right mm-hmm. um but then they kind of lose the aspect of like understanding the value of things right um even though like obviously i've, I've implemented like hey if you want something you need to do something right you want some value you get value back yeah um and like that's worked out great at least for the younger one we'll see about the older one <laughs> uh, but for the younger one it's working out really great Right. Um, I'll be like, okay, you do all your chores, Sunday you get paid. Okay. You need something, you use the money that you earn from your chores. If you don't have it, if you really need it, I'll get it for you. Right. But mm-hmm. if you just want to go to Starbucks, you pay for your own Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But like, you know, if you're in this in the industry or trying to get in the industry, maybe like try it in a different approach. Or, you know. If you try it a couple of times, it doesn't work out, then well, maybe try something else. Um, you know, I, I can't give you an answer, right, of, of what's going to work out for you. Uh, but but something will work out for you, right? Something always works out for everybody. Sometimes it just takes forever. I mean, it, it took me almost 20 years to figure out um, that, like, I actually enjoyed the job that I have, right? Because mm. um, I've been in a very similar industry or similar industries uh in in similar roles for basically my entire adult life right Mm -hmm. um but it it hasn't been until the last maybe year or two or so um that i've really like learned to enjoy and appreciate it and and like actually internalize a lot of the experiences that i've had over the past 20 plus years doing it um where i'm just like ah Okay, yeah, like, because now you have the experience, right? So, uh, for example, I'm in management. So when I when I first had to deal with, uh, like, a conflict between two employees, what am I going to say? I never had it before, right? That guy was a 20-year-old kid uh, with my, my first job managing people. Mm-hmm. And what do I say? Like, oh, well, 
don't fucking do that. Well, you can't say fucking for once, right? So, <laughs> um, but but you learn, right? Like you get scolded along the way, um, and you just hope that you can do it better the next time. And and I mean that's all I can tell you, dude. Like <clears throat> you're still a young dude. I mean you're 28, man. That that's a baby to me. Right? <laughs> um, but but you're a smart dude, right? And you have a good head on your shoulders. So I, I know you're gonna figure out what it is that you want to do with yourself. Um, maybe you just haven't found it yet, or maybe the way that you've approached it so far isn't the right way to approach it, right? Maybe you maybe you are in the right like place. Maybe you're like where you are now in Florida. Maybe that's where you should be. Maybe it's not. Right. Um, maybe the, the job that you've chosen is the right place. Maybe it's not. Yeah, I think I, um, so. Yeah, there's it's it's so simple in in uh, explanation, but in practice, it's much more complex. The uh, the whole idea of just uh, um, embracing the Tao, if you will. And uh, yeah, yeah, and and just riding the wave instead of trying to, you know, there's that 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 classical trope of like magic versus mysticism. Like, do you do you learn to work with what's around you, or do you try to put, uh, put lightning in a bottle? Like, I don't know. They kind of call it's it's all depends on the situation sometimes and the seasons of of life, if you will. Well, and you know. That's why I'm saying, like, if if something happens, don't shy away from it, right? Like, it's easy right. to ride the wave when uh, when you know it's nice and sunny out, um, but when the storms come, it's not so easy to ride the waves, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, you're you're worried that you're going to end up underwater, right? So you just got to find a way to not feel like you could end up underwater because um, you're not, yeah, right. All that stuff is just self-imposed delusions. Well said, Don't my friend. About that stuff, yeah. I appreciate yeah, yeah. it, and um, I hope this uh, this wasn't too too self-indulgent on my end. Um, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, this show is all about um, you know sharing life experiences in. Um, along with the research because if you don't have context for these things they lose a lot of their meaning so um i hope uh yeah i mean regardless um i think yeah i i i i think the stuff uh i mean i guess to put a cherry on top i have enough wherewithal uh and bigger perspective to understand that this is definitely a season of life it's it's one of the processes and i am not um i'm not desensitized or like you know jaded from that or anything i think sometimes though um for for lack of deeper philosophical explanation um i get impatient i i'd like to give myself a little more credit it's not just impatience but impatient you know for short um because I feel like it's not even like I'm waiting on the rest of the world. I'm impatient because if something isn't going right, it's like, well, God damn it. I, I must be doing something wrong. It, can I at least figure out what I'm doing wrong? And and then we can bridge that gap. Sometimes it's it's not 
that's probably a pretty overly masculine mindset, I guess. Sometimes you just got to let it be and and uh, um, not try to lasso the situation, just try to navigate it. Yeah, here, I'm going to give you one last analogy and then we can wrap up. Right on. All right. When you go to bed at night, do you worry yourself to death about how you can make sure the sun comes up tomorrow? No. Okay. So why is this any different? Yeah. Well said. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, this, uh, man, it's, it's pretty cool how much of a, of a totally unintentional, I didn't even schedule it like this, um, for like you and Eric to be back to back, but you guys really created a beautiful two part, uh, thing going on. And, uh, uh, because the, the episode with Eric was, uh, and I think a very positive, beautiful way it was, it, it probed the idea of like existential rage and things and, um, mm-hmm. um, and not letting that jade you. And, and here we've, uh, we've talked so much more about what to do with some of that, that rage and some of that untransmuted lead in, in a very practical modern day sense that goes well beyond the allegories. And there's, I mean, there's no concrete answers here, but I think that's why I like alchemy so much in the long run. It, you know, the idea that the philosopher's stone, the elixir, the end process, the end result is always the most anomalous part. And, and I think in a way, um, at least in part, so much of that alchemical tradition is they put a red herring in there on purpose. They're trolling us on purpose. The, the, the end result shouldn't be, uh, a coveted end result it, it it really is the 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 steps involved because like you said if uh i guess if we all had the uh all had the philosopher's stone then uh we wouldn't have a need to learn the the whole lasagna metaphor that you gave and and socrates disliking literature um yeah you know i, I think about this uh, i know i said we should wrap up but damn um you know like <laughs> people talk about uh being good people all the time and going to heaven like mm-hmm. i don't want to go to heaven man that sounds boring as shit mm-hmm you know mm. that that old uh twilight zone um uh, episode where the guy goes to he- uh to the afterlife and it's all just perfect and he realizes that it's hell all along yeah that's yeah. right yeah. that's right so fucking true man i i really feel that um but yeah um what do you you know again fuck advice but what would you have to say to to anybody not just going through a rough time but um alchemy in the modern day um, metaphors aside, like brass tacks, you know, what, what do you have to offer up to people in terms of what to keep their eyes out for? What, what are the biggest, the biggest thing that takeaways that and things like that? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's like a really simple exercise you can do. Um, I, th- I think the, the best advice I can give anyone is just to, to stay out of your own way. Um, you know, Things have a, a mysterious way of working themselves out if you don't get in the way and, and mess them up. Um, so there's a, there's a really simple exercise you can do. Um, and it's so simple, it's really fucking hard. Hmm. Okay. Everyone's got this little voice in their head that's like talking to them all the time, right? Like y- you hear this, right? Um, 
like whatever you're walking down the street you see a girl oh well i can't say anything my girlfriend will get mad right you're thinking this in your head um or like uh you know you're at work and some guy is just being a douche and you're like this mother effer like blah 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 um but you don't you don't think about it right you just like go into this inner dialogue so the exercise is very simple is create like another little person in there okay and and have that person keep track of all these things And that's the exercise. It, it seems super simple, but it's exhausting. Like if, if you do this for like a couple weeks, it becomes easier and easier, right? And eventually um, it, it just kind of dissipates and you just like constantly, I mean, it, it might not take a few weeks, by the way, this might take years, <laughs> um, but, but eventually this like second little voice in your head just kind of dissipates. Um, because that first voice wasn't there to begin with anyway, right? And so you realize the only voice in there is your voice. And, and when you become like really aware of all the things that you're doing, you, you start seeing a lot of changes, uh, in, in the way you think, in the way that you feel, uh, maybe the things that you eat or the habits that you have, um, you know, again, I, I talked about quitting smoking earlier. I'm not saying everyone should just quit smoking, quit drinking, quit doing weed or whatever. Like, that's not what this is about. Um, but, but think about, like, those things. Um, what, what triggers those things, right? This is like, um, like very active shadow work, like all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just, just pay close attention to the things that you say and how you react and, and, don't let that reaction get in the way either, right? Because you might notice like an outburst. You're like, ah, oh, shit, I shouldn't have said that. No, it doesn't matter. You already said it, right? Um, think about like, oh, this is what I said. This is what triggered it. And so I, I'll become conscious of the trigger so that the next time it happens, I can try to react this way, right? And so when it happens again, and it's triggered, then you react differently. You're like, okay, well, how, how did this reaction change the course of the situation, right? And maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. So if it works, great, try it again the next time. And maybe it'll work three or four times, then quit, right? And so you say, well, it worked in this situation, but not in this situation. So what's different, right? This, this is like the, the constant process. This is why you're always going back and forth, right? And you might get to the end and you just circle right back into the beginning. Um, this is what, just be, be conscious, be mindful of your actions um, and, and just get out of your way. Okay. Things will be a lot simpler. Amen, man. Well, really great food for thought here. Stuff that I'm going to be contemplating. And as a, as a, a cherry on top for listeners, you, uh, your little, little little person inside you um really started making me think of the whole uh the the bicameral mind theory uh julian james and how like what if the the imagination came across to us in our adaptational process at first as like a different voice and like it just the whole inception there's a whole inception thing kind of going on in my mind of uh of um 
the different embodiments of the, yeah, like, I don't know. I, I don't think I could articulate it right now, but you, you struck something in me there. I like the multiplicity of that. That's fucking wild. And I yeah, get, we, can, we can talk about bicameral mind next time. If you want, I, I got some ideas. I would say it's the opposite. I would say imagination comes first. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm totally like people push back sometimes when you bring up Julian James and it's like, I don't think the guy was, had the all the answers but i, I yeah, love yeah. where he was going with it it's a yeah, fascinating it's idea yeah. yeah um so yeah that'll be a, a fun little cliffhanger for next time um we'll definitely be getting martin back on with the new year uh he's definitely like a recurring member cast member of the show so it was great to have you back on man um um anything like i know you don't really give a fuck about social media these days nah. so is there any like written work like any book that you would like to toss out to a listener who loved this conversation and wanted to follow it up with something else like just any good alchemy that you've been reading lately some some cabalistic uh authors or something um like so, what have you so, been reading uh, what are you into right now what are you working through so uh, i'm actually reading a lot of sci-fi right now okay uh not uh not really any mystical stuff um uh, there, there's a reason for that so like i said i've, I've started reading uh, a lot of kabbalah stuff and and i'm i'm hesitant to make recommendations um because uh you know the, the, the whole thing where you know when you're old enough you can read kabbalah kind of thing um there I, I don't know if it's like a hey when you when you get to forty two now you're allowed to read it, uh, but but I think there is something about like understanding that the the right knowledge and the right teacher comes to you at the right time. Yes, I agree um, with that. And and so I'm I'm hesitant to make recommendations on anything. Um, I would just say read everything and anything, right? And 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 don't hold yourself back. Um, because you might be confused or uh, because you don't think you'll enjoy it, right? Um, there's um, th th there, sometimes you like, you're like, well, I don't like, uh, here, I'll give an example. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with Muslims, so I'm not going to read the Conference of the Birds. Uh -huh. Well, you should read the Conference of the Birds, um, Art, let me rephrase. It's a good idea to read the Conference of the Birds um, because there's a lot of really good esoteric knowledge in that book. Um, doesn't mean you have to be a Muslim to read it, right? Uh, Amen. You don't have to agree with anything that's going on there. Um, but, you know, again, the right knowledge will find you at the right time. So read whatever you feel like you're in the mood. And I, I guarantee you, if if you are meant to read it, it will show up in front of you. Okay. And it might just be something completely out of the blue. Um, which is probably why, I mean, I love sci-fi, but that's probably why I'm reading some sci-fi right now. Um, childhood's end is what I'm reading, by the way, I do recommend that. Um, but, uh, it might be out of the blue, but maybe there's a reason that it's coming to you at that time. Um, there's there's some really cool concepts in a lot of these sci-fi books. So just expand, expand. Um, you know when you when you feel like you shouldn't be reading, say 
a biography of someone, maybe you should. Um, I don't know. Just go out to your Barnes and Noble. Is, does does Amazon have like a uh, what? What's that Google thing? I am lucky. I, I'm feeling lucky. That's what Amazon needs. Is like, and I'm feeling lucky for books. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I, like uh, I wonder. We should experiment on this. Go to Google.com and just type in like alchemy and do an "I'm feeling lucky." I'm wondering like what book would come up. Um, do do stuff like that, right? Like don't uh, don't waste your energy on like choosing things. Um, you know, Steve Jobs had that whole thing where <laughs> he only wore uh, blue jeans and black uh, turtlenecks. You know, you know about this, right? Um, I've heard about um. How much of a stickler he was. I don't know if that plays well, into yes. it, like a penny he, pincher. He, he he was a stickler, yes, uh, and apparently very tough to work for. Um, but but Steve Jobs had this thing where he only wore blue jeans and black turtlenecks every day. Okay, that was his uniform. And the reason he did that um, is to remove the the mental energy required to figure out what he was going to wear that day. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, so yeah. It, it was like him being like frugal with his mental energy. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, absolutely. I've, it sounds crazy, but but try that. Interesting, for like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 Um, try that for anything. Like, do it with food, right? Like, I've, I've tried this with food. Um, because sometimes you're like, well, what do I want to make for dinner tonight, right? And so you find something, and then the next day you're like, ah. Oh, or like you're doing your grocery shopping list, right? You're like, okay, well, I need to plan my meals for this week. I'm going to do. Uh, how about this? Just eat like brown rice and chicken and broccoli for a week, right? And see like how that affects other things. And it's really interesting. Like when you start removing some of these like unnecessarily mental stresses uh, from, from your life, like making decisions is a lot of, it requires a lot of mental power. Um, when you start like removing some of these like simple things, like what am I going to eat for the next week? Um, you, you, you start to see, you have a lot of focus, um, because you can devote that energy to other things, right? And you're like problem solving in the background without even thinking about it. Cause you've like freed up all this like computational power in your brain. It's, it's pretty, yeah. Hell yeah. Well, yeah, man. Um, like I said, you've definitely left me with some stuff to to chew on and mull over. And uh, I think, you know, um, for whatever it's worth, um, we we covered some uh, some alchemy in concept and practice in the modern day. Pretty goddamn well, about as good as you can uh, without <laughs> without getting into like source material that gets infinitely more complicated. It, it's always fun. I always kind of feel like getting my indiana jones on reading alchemical grimoires and shit it's uh <laughs> it's, a, it's uh quite a wonder uh what some of them were saying sometimes you really have to put yourself in that headspace maybe we'll, maybe we'll do that next time we can um we can talk about like maybe you and i can pick like a grimoire or something or some magical text and, Ooh, and, try, yeah. and try and make some sense out of it in real time um yeah that sounds good that would be fun, yeah. Okay, we'll keep that in mind, and we, we, um, we can translate the Voynich manual. How about that? <laughs> oh shit, dude! Yeah, oh, uh, that'll be a cliffhanger for next time. We're no, not not fucking literally translating it, but I actually that crossed my mind earlier to bring that up to you. Of just like yeah. I, I keep forgetting 
to bring that up on the show at all. And it's such a fascinating, weird little piece of history. So next yeah, time, yeah. the Voynich. That's man. like a deep rabbit hole, man. A lot of people think that thing's fake. Yeah, yeah, man. Okay. Well, we got to stop here. Otherwise, we're just going to. Yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> that is fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> So little 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 tidbit teasers. But yeah, thanks so much for coming on, Martin. Um, yeah, buddy. For listeners, um, it's on hiatus right now, as you've gathered at this point. But go check out the Wealth of Info over at the Alchemical Mind podcast. And uh, don't forget, you've been listening to Black Hoodie Alchemy. I'm your host, Anthony Tyler. And um, tune in next week. Smoke weed and God bless. Get your hoodie. <laughs>